0: This podcast exists for entertainment purposes only. Before making any investment decisions, please contact your financial advisor. Welcome back to Man vs. Market. This is episode 17 of the podcast where we analyze everything macroeconomic and stock market related so that you as an investor can be ready to trade this next week in the markets and beyond. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the support thus far. It has been an unimaginable journey, and I could not have done it without you guys. If you like this content, please consider sharing it with a friend, and also, please leave a review wherever you listen to this episode. It helps me grow the podcast, and allows me to spend more time making content like this. Alright, let's jump right into the economic news that we need to be aware of. Let's start with the biggest news first. On Friday, Jay Powell, who is the most important man on the planet as far as financial markets are concerned, gave the annual Jackson Hole speech. His words were taken incredibly poorly by investors, and all major indices plummeted at least 3% on the day. Powell said that the Fed will remain committed to its policy of aggressive rate hikes despite the growing risk of economic recession. Powell continued to go on about the recent inflation reports showing prices cooling, but then says that these numbers are far from what the Fed wants to see before they even consider slowing things down. Let's go a bit deeper on inflation before we move on. It appears more and more likely that the markets are continually pricing out the importance of inflation. This most recent rally from the June lows are very evident of this fact. Both company and consumer sentiment on inflation expectations continue to decrease, and we have seen both commodity prices and shipping costs tread lower over the last several months. But this growing complacency may be the market's downfall come the winter months. If my thesis is correct and that we will see much higher energy prices over the next several months, then inflation has not quite peaked, and I really don't think it has. If this does in fact happen, it may lead to another spiral of high rate hikes and negative consumer sentiment, that would bring the market and economy down much lower. But there is definitely some other interesting data to look at. So while we are definitely nowhere close to the Fed's goal of 2% inflation, nor will we likely be there for a very long time, the Fed's favorite inflation indicator, PCE inflation, did cool down quite a bit. PCE inflation, or personal consumption expenditures inflation, Captures everything but energy and food prices. The reason for this is that energy and food prices are not something that the Fed can really have any influence over. So when deciding on policy, the Fed likes to take a look at this indicator to see how well they are doing in their own domestic battle against inflation. PCE inflation for July fell from 6.8% to 6.3%. On a month-over-month basis, this is the first month that PCE inflation declined since April of 2020. Yeah. This represents 26 consecutive months of an increasing PCE inflation rate. That is absurd. This July decline does in fact mean something, I just don't think it means as much as most are giving it credit for. Regardless of everything, even the Fed would likely admit that they were behind the curve when it came to inflation earlier in the year. The Fed funds rate sits in the 2.25 to 2.5% range currently, and this is a spot that is considered to be neutral by the Fed and by other economists. This rate should not be restraining or encouraging growth, but according to Powell's speech, rates do need to get into the heavily restrictive range in order to properly tackle inflation. This restrictive policy implies a Fed funds rate in the range of 3.75 to 4%. In the next six months this represents 150 basis points of hikes we should expect to see by early 2023 the pace of this current hiking cycle is also pretty unprecedented so far the fed has been hiking rates for just five months and the market expects rates to top out within the next six months. This is wildly lower than the average hiking cycle since 1985, which is typically about 21 months. As of today, August 28th, the market implied probability of a 75 basis point hike in the September FOMC meeting jumped dramatically after this speech, the market is now implying a 61% chance of a 75 basis point hike and a 39% chance of a 50 basis point hike. This is a huge swing in sentiment from the week prior when a 50 basis point hike was the heavy favorite. Taking a look at the foreign exchange markets, the euro continues to sell off dramatically and the dollar continues to rally dramatically. The euro was trading at around 99.7 cents on Friday, giving us the first weekly close under parity, meaning a one-to-one exchange ratio, since 2002. This currency crisis could be absolutely exacerbated come winter, and high fuel prices may cripple Europe. On top of this, increasing geopolitical tensions and the irresponsibility of global central banks could allow the dollar to continue this rally and the euro to continue selling off. Some analysts are even predicting that within the next year, the euro could be trading at $0.80. These would be levels that have never been seen under the current euro format. On Thursday, we had a GDP revision for the quarter two numbers that came out a few weeks back. The initial data indicated that the economy shrank at a rate of 0.9% annualized during the second quarter of this year. The revision, however, says that the economy really only shrinks at an annualized rate of 0.6%. This number is definitely better, but the technical recession is still in place, with the United States seeing two consecutive quarters of a contracting economy. But while we are seeing the economy slowing down, we still have to give credit where credit is due. The consumers continue to spend at ridiculous rates, and until this slows down, the economy won't falter like many believe. Looking at relative stock performance, value stocks continue to outperform growth stocks in 2022. The United States growth stock index fell by 4.6 percent this last week compared to a 3.2% decline in the value index. During times of economic uncertainty and especially market sell-offs like this, it is very common to see value stocks dramatically outperform and this has definitely held true this year. The S&P 500 is down about 14% on the year, while the large cap growth stock ETF is down 21%, and the value stock ETF is down just 7.8%. Expect this trend to continue throughout the year, and watch for the divergence to increase between the two. On Friday, we will get the monthly labor report for the month of August. This report will show us whether or not the incredible July report was an outlier, or the beginning of a new trend. In July, 528,000 jobs were generated in the United States, which was the most since February, and the unemployment rate fell to just 3.5%, the lowest level in decades. But as inflation and recession fears continue to mount, it is likely we won't see numbers like we did last month as there is a direct correlation between the unemployment rate and the rate of inflation. This is called the Phillips curve. As inflation increases, the unemployment rate tends to decrease. As we're starting to see inflation taper off a little bit, we should definitely expect the unemployment rate to increase a little bit. Let's now take some time to look at the charts for this last week and analyze what we should know for the coming week. First, looking at the indices, the S&P 500 finished the week down about 4%, the Dow Jones finishes down about 4.2%, and the NASDAQ finishes down 4.4%. This is the second weekly decline for stocks in a row after four straight green weeks. We are now about to head into September, which is also historically the most bearish month of the year. But as far as this last week went, my thesis played out amazing on both the front end and the back end. Taking a look at the S&P 500 SPY ETF, we started the week with a pretty significant 1.3% gap down on Monday. When gaps are created, they tend to act as a critical level until they are filled. We continued to sell off for most of the day and finished the day down 2%. Now, this was very critical as we closed below a few key levels, including the 200-day moving average on the daily chart and the first Fibonacci level from this most recent move from the June lows. This level is around 4.1540. On Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we saw some very interesting things, to say the least. All three days saw volume near 50 million. This is incredibly low. Typically, when volume remains oddly low for several days... The market is implying a larger amount of uncertainty and thus anticipates a larger than normal move. After the nice rally on Thursday, there was a very obvious hidden bearish divergence that had formed. This is when we see lower highs in the price action and higher highs in the oscillator. Now, we did fill some of that Monday down gap, but it was not nearly enough for the bulls to take over. After this Friday speech from Jay Powell, We sold off well over 3% to finish the week in deep red. And even more interesting, on Friday, we saw volume above 100 million. Basically double what we had seen volume-wise for the last three days. Interestingly enough, the week closed almost exactly at 38.2 Fibonacci level at about 40520 The 38.2% levels and the 61.8% levels are the most common critical levels on the Fibonacci chain and are usually the strongest. The close here represents a market that is respecting technical levels. Now, after this sell-off, the biggest question is where do we go from here? Since the market did seem to respect the technicals, I have a slightly bullish thesis going to the beginning of next week. On the 65-minute chart, we now see a very strong bullish divergence. This is when price action is making lower lows, while the oscillator is making higher lows. This is a bit of an unpopular thesis because the momentum is in favor of the bears. But again, I like that the market respected this last technical level, and I will make a bet that it will respect the divergence early in the week. I am highly doubtful though that this mini-rally would manifest itself into anything more than that, a mini-rally. I doubt we would see anything above the last Fibonacci level at 4.1540, and if we do manage to pump, I will be using it merely as a better entry for a future short position. Again, I feel like I need to make this very clear. I will not be playing the upside given the current state of the market. The momentum is heavily in favor of the Bears, and I will not be trying to catch a falling knife. I am simply saying I want to find a better entry for a short position. If we do keep selling off early in the week, I may then consider adding a short position there. But what I am saying is I do think that the Bulls are going to at least make a small attempt at pushing us upwards. If not, then it is not the biggest deal in the world, as I'm not actually going to be playing a bullish position. Another thing to add is that SPY is actively forming a larger term head and shoulders formation, so it would be safe to assume that in the midterm we will see more selling, and we very well may see some selling in the short term as well. My price target for SPY as of now is around the 61.8% Fibonacci level, at about 389ish. Also, like we mentioned earlier, keep a close eye on the dollar, as it is now approaching its 20-year highs once again. There is a lot of technical resistance at the current level, and it will be difficult for the dollar to break this point, but if we do see the dollar break above, then expect the dollar to continue upwards, given the new relative strength. And again, a stronger dollar is bearish for equities because it means it should theoretically take less dollars to buy the same asset. So the only other information I can give is keep a very close eye on the dollar for this next week, as I do think we will get these 20-year highs at some point in the next two weeks or so. Thank you for listening to this episode of Man vs. Market. Again, if you enjoyed it or learned anything today, please consider sharing with your friends and leaving a review wherever you listen to this episode. On that note, I will talk to you guys next week.